Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Nobody has more respect for women than I do. Nobody. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it, believe me. She wants to abolish our Second Amendment. I think they didn't deny it. I don't think anybody denied it. Other presidents did not call, did write letters, and some presidents didn't do anything. Many people have come out and said, I'm right. You really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? Hello, ho, ho, and welcome to this festive edition of Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of the undisputed master of the underhanded deed to explain logical fallacies. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm your other ho-ho host, Mark. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments, and the logical fallacy we're taking another look at this Christmas week is Straw Man. Undisputed master of the underhand deed. Nice. It's from the yep. Scrooge song at the beginning of Muppet Christmas Carol, obviously. Right. And I realised that it just is about Trump. Yep. If you just change Scrooge to right. Trump... There is, don't, it's like, there goes Mr. Humbug, there goes Mr. Grimms, they gave a prize for being mean, the winner would be him. Yeah. Scroogey loves his money because he thinks it gives him power. If he became a flavour, you can bet he would be sour. It's just, what? Wowee! He charges folk a fortune for his dark and drafty houses. Us poor folk live in misery, it's even worse for mouses. Yeah. 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 Oh, is that the mouse chorus that yeah. pop up and go... Is even worse for us? Yeah. If being means yeah. a way of life, you practice and rehearse, then all that work is paying off because Scrooge is getting worse. That's You just so need to change Scrooge to wow. Trump and it's just fucking wow. perfect yeah. for him. What we need is some sort of um, Dickensian visit by several ghosts. Yeah. The trouble is, Trump would, would they would just leave screaming, wouldn't they? Yeah. Even, you know, a ghost of Christmas yet to come. He's an unredeemable, yeah. if anyone's seen Spirited. Yeah, so. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Anyway. Yeah, wow. The undisputed master of the unhanded deed. Yeah. Brilliant. So, straw man. Yeah. You may realise that we've done this before. This is like one of the top logical fallacies, like in the hit parade. Everyone knows this one. Yeah. Uh, we did this back yeah. in episode two. Wow. So, this is another of our episodes where we kind of look back on the old ones and come at it with yep. some new examples. And also, and I. Bemoan the fact that nothing's changed. Yeah, yeah. Despite the fact that we pointed it out some years ago, five years people ago. are five and a half still years ago. Yeah. doing it. Yeah, I mean, people will be doing this one forever, really. Yeah. It's so common. Yeah. And the straw man is, yeah. in case you're someone who's got this far and doesn't know the straw man, it is yeah. when people misrepresent an argument that their opponent is making to make it an easier argument to beat. So they create right. a straw man, like a scarecrow, that looks yep. like the argument, but isn't yep. as tough as that argument. It's one that they can easily just knock Cause down because it's, it's just it's made, made of straw. straw. Yes. 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 Yeah. Or you could you could easily burn set fire to if it only had a brain. Yes. Yeah. So our first example is actually a, a collection of examples because um, I edited this together from the right. speech that Trump gave in the Rose Garden when he was supposed to be talking about sanctions on China, but ended up talking about a, a recent thing that had come out from the Biden campaign, 
a task force that Biden and Sanders campaign employees or volunteers had worked on to kind of push a unity thing where they were trying to merge their two two wings of the left yeah. let's decide yeah. on the things that are important and let's bring bring it into one party so they yeah. created a, doc, a document of biden sanders unity task force recommendations and so trump started reading this out it seemed like it was the first time he'd probably read it out but he'd got his right. staff to put together a list of bullet points of yeah. the the worst and most horrendous things in there and these are actual key elements of the Biden-Sanders unity platform. Abolish immigration detention. No more detention. You come in here illegally, no more detention. Incentivize illegal alien child smuggling. Give it an incentive. Appoint social justice prosecutors in order to free violent criminals. They want to abolish our police departments. They want to abolish our prisons, I guess. And Mandate net zero carbon emissions for homes, offices, and all new buildings by 2030. That basically means no windows. Abolish all charter schools. Abolish educational standards. So none of those things are true. They would all be <laughs> yeah. things that it would be pretty easy yeah. to argue against. Yeah. They're all things which, pe which anyone listening would go, well, you can't, I don't, I don't agree with... Uh, getting rid of prisons that's mad and like and yeah. getting rid of educational standards charter schools the police yeah windows no immigration defense yet absolutely no no windows yeah. in buildings but they're all misrepresentations of what was actually said by in yeah. this task force document so for example yeah. abolish immigration detention no they talked about abolishing for profit immigration detention centers not all detention, right. just they weren't yeah. making it profitable for people to incarcerate immigrants. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. that's a weird fucking way of doing it. Yeah, yes. As that incentivizes them to cram lots of people in there because exactly. uh, they're making and, money for each of them. Yeah, and yeah. at a very low standard of living because that way they make a lot of profit. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, incentivize yeah. illegal alien child smuggling. That's not a proposal, you'll be surprised to hear. Weirdly, um, yeah. yeah. What they did say was that they would roll back Trump's zero-tolerance immigration policy mm -hmm. in order to free up law enforcement to focus on more serious crimes like smuggling immigrants, children and drugs. So, right. so the, how that the opposite. incentivizes... No, the opposite of yes, that. Yes, the very opposite, yes. But yes. the Republicans were arguing that by not having a zero-tolerance policy, by basically not locking up everyone who crosses the border, that's yeah. going to let some child smugglers in. So somehow that's giving them an incentive? To, to do uh, it's that? not clear. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, mm. Appointing social mm -hmm. justice prosecutors in order to free violent criminals? Uh, no. <laughs> no. No, no. They no. were appointing people who are committed to criminal justice reform. Mm. to ensure public safety while reducing incarceration. But that's not about violent criminals. It's about freeing non-violent criminals because some of those people shouldn't be in prison. Yeah, so the exact opposite. Yeah. Of, of, yes. Same with abolishing yeah. prisons. No, they, they were only talking no. about getting rid of private prisons, for-profit yeah. prisons, because for that's prisons, a yeah. bad system. Mm -hmm. The no-windows thing. Yeah. And that was just him riffing because... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You can, yeah. first of all, wasn't a mandate. They were actually just setting a goal that there would be 
um, net zero buildings by 2030. But you yep. can absolutely have windows in buildings that uh, generate the same amount of energy as they use. Yes. That's not. Yeah. 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 And the charter schools and the educational standards, they, again, were talking about for-profit charter schools, which are underperforming, right. yep. not charter schools as a whole. And the same with educational standards. It was about eliminating high-stakes standardised tests, which don't work for a lot of students and cause teachers to teach to the test and students to get very stressed and upset when they don't do well on the standardised tests and it doesn't actually necessarily lead to the the better educational outcomes. Yeah, yes. And all those that fail the test are not well served by the system. There's something about the straw man fallacy that is determined to characterise whatever the opposition says in terms of it being detrimental to the to the listener. So mm. the person that makes the straw man will make it something, and I think we covered that in the first time we looked at that. It was about Boris and his bendy bananas in yeah. Europe. Yeah. And it was that whole idea that Europe are taking stuff away from you, which was the basis of the core of his argument about why we should go through with Brexit and get out of the EU, was that they are taking stuff away from you. So the whole of the straw man thing in many of the examples, it's a, it's about characterising what the other person is saying in terms of it being to the detriment of everybody else. And and you're coming to the rescue and saying, I'm pointing out that what they are saying would be really bad for you and therefore you need to follow me. Yeah, and the thing is, if he was honest about it, mm. well, if he'd even read the document. Yeah, and understood it. And, yeah. it. and his staff hadn't kind of dumbed it down for him and deliberately got it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Then, like the bit about charter schools, for example, if the mm. policy is, which is essentially what it says in the in the document, if the policy is there are some schools which are largely private funded but getting federal money, we are paying yep. money that could be going to other children's education to these schools. They are yep. underperforming. They are underserving need, the neediest students, and yep. and they're not meeting educational standards. And we and we are funding them. We are going to stop yep. doing that. And. Yeah. When new schools start up and apply for funding, we're going to make sure that we only give that funding to schools which will serve the neediest students in their yeah. areas and follow, and, and follow the, the standards. Yeah. 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 That, way harder to argue against yes. than yes. they're abolishing all charter schools. Because <laughs> yeah. some people send their kids to charter schools. So then they yeah. hear that and go, oh, I don't think that's right. They shouldn't do that. But... But if yeah, they were honest about my, it, it's much, yeah. much harder to argue against. Yeah, so, so. you want to argue, you want to recharacterize the argument as something that's much easier to argue against, yeah. and provide the solution for it, it. You know, you personify the solution. I am the solution to this. So he's saying, "Yeah, vote for me. I'll make sure this doesn't happen." Yeah, and it can be done you by know. by massively oversimplifying what the actual truth is, or just by misrepresenting it, or by putting words in people's mouths uh, and our yep. second example is one Does where he, he talked about <laughs> biden following the radical left agenda you will have a crash in the markets because he's going to double and triple your taxes he's going to do things that nobody ever would ever think even possible because he's following the radical left agenda take away your guns destroy your second amendment no religion no anything Hurt the Bible, hurt God, 
He's against God. He's against guns. He's against energy, our kind of energy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That escalated quickly, yeah. doesn't it? It's going to hurt God. Well, what kind of what? Why would you want to follow a kind of being that could be so easily hurt? Uh, yeah, yeah. By by, by a sleepy politician who never comes out of his basement, yes. according to Trump. Yeah, yeah. According to Trump, yeah. Yeah. So he's <laughs> he's going to double and triple your taxes. Well, mm. no, he raised taxes for for people who made over four hundred thousand dollars a year, and pretty yeah. much everyone else got a tax cut. And so saying yeah. he's going to double and triple your taxes was just. Not true. No. No religion. No religion. What the... F- where... I don't know where that came from. That's, no nothing. Yeah, no nothing. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah it's going to hurt hurt the Bible, hurt God, because he's against God. <laughs> it's just on a rant, isn't he? And he's, and he's got really angry. Yeah, Biden, the, the lifelong Catholic, yeah. is against God. Yeah. And he's, and he's going to hurt... He's also against guns. Again, yeah. Not, not, yeah. not ever a stated goal of his to take guns away or change the Second Amendment. And he's no. against energy. Our kind of energy. Yeah. yeah. That, that right-wing racist... <laughs> like, well, this... Everything. This was a, a well yeah. he revisited a number of times on his campaign. Right. He said at one point, Biden has pledged to destroy the US energy industry. <laughs> Which, wow. again, that's yeah. a pretty fucking strong straw man. Because... Yeah, yeah. That's a thing which I think you could reasonably argue against. Mm-hmm. Whereas what Biden actually did was said he is keen to, over time, transition away from fossil fuels. Yeah. That's harder to argue That's... against. And, and especially yeah. Yeah. if you're trying to frame it as the US energy industry, because with yeah. fossil fuels, yeah, some of that comes from the US, but some of it is imported. I don't. I've never understood why. But even countries that um, have oil, they drill that oil, then they export some of it and import oil from other countries. Don't know why that happens. It's really weird, but it happens. But when energy is transitioned into more renewable, like solar and wind and hydro and nuclear, okay, not renewable but cleaner. Yeah. Where do you think that's coming from? That's all coming yeah. from the US. Yeah. That's a US the, the industry US of renewable... Industry. Yeah, it's not... Yeah. You're not importing solar energy from France. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you do it to transition to fossil fuels, what that does is, is leave space to have conversations with the energy producers to, so they can transition to wind yeah. and solar and... You know, you're not saying, okay, we're doing away with that tomorrow. It's already happening everywhere. Mm. It's the, the US as a whole is somewhere between 40 and 50% currently renewable and clean energy or, yep. you know, not fossil fuel based. And yeah, it's just about increasing that and decreasing the reliance on expensive and running out fossil fuels. <laughs> yeah, but it, and, and poisoning the planet fuels. Yeah. But that's Trump's thing is speaking up those ancient-based energy mm. firms who are transitioning anyway, because that's the old guard voter base. Yeah, yeah. And now is the time, I think, for Mark's British politics. Corner. Well, oddly, we're going to talk about pretty much the same kind of area mm-hmm. because Rishi Sunak is recently 
embraced the question of renewables and net zero and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but we're going to just going to go briefly back, well, way, way back when Rishi launched his leadership campaign in the dim and distant past of July 2022, which he did in Grantham, which was Margaret Thatcher's old constituency. And it was a deliberate act to press home his point. Yes, I do believe that what I'm proposing economically is what I would describe as common sense Thatcherism. Basically, he wants to align himself with Margaret Thatcher. It turns out he didn't just inherit her sense of tackling inflation first, though actually whether he can take any credit for doing that is questionable since the Bank of England gained independence from government regarding setting monetary control processes in place to deal with inflation in 1998 eight years after Thatcher left office. He also, however, inherited her use of the straw man fallacy. So let's listen to her, Margaret Thatcher, in 1990, being asked by Simon Hughes, the then education spokesman for the Lib Dems, about her legacy vis-à-vis the gap between rich and poor growing ever wider since her first election in 1979. The gap between the richest 10% and the poorest 10% in this country has widened substantially. How can she say at the end of her chapter of British politics that she can justify many people in a constituency such as mine being relatively much poorer off, much less well housed and much less well provided than it was in 1979? But what the Honourable Member is saying is that he were rather the poor were poorer provided the rich were less rich. That way you will never create the wealth for better social services as we have. And what a policy. Yes, he would rather have the poor poorer, provided the rich were less rich. That is a liberal policy. Yes, it came out. He didn't intend it to. So what he's saying is, in pointing out that the gap between the poor and the rich had grown larger, and how could she truthfully say that people were better off in parts of his constituency and that you're better housed, they were better, uh, more employed, their wages were higher. How could she do that? And she said, well, what he's saying is <laughs> he would rather the rich were, le- the poor were poorer. So long as the rich were less so rich. So long as the rich yeah. were less rich. What? At what point? Did, <laughs> what? No, I didn't, that, I didn't hear that in his version. Didn't hear no, him say that no. at all, no, because what no. she wants to do is characterise his argument in order to defend her government's policy, which was basically to make the rich richer, which would allow them uh, to uh, build, uh, to pay more taxes and thereby uh, fund more social services, which we've seen, which we saw clearly not happening <laughs> in all of Thatcher's reign. And it hasn't happened in post-Thatcher's Britain ever since well it's good that by revisiting these fallacies we can use bang up to date examples oh yeah exactly yeah well (laughs) 1990 so sorry yeah and uh and what's interesting is that she because she is was uh unabashed in the way that she did that stuff but however here's uh rishi bringing it back up today shut up here's here's rishi in september 23 carrying on her straw man legacy when it came to his speech justifying dialing back green policies despite the impact of on thus not reaching net zero that the climate change committee set up by the government had said they already weren't already weren't going to do so that it, it, he's made it worse and in distracting us from the 
basically the idiocy of his moving the ban on the sale of fossil fuel powered cars from 2030 to 2035 and granting more oil and gas drilling licenses. He stacks up a whole sheaf of straw men to tell us that he's shot them down. The debate about how we get to net zero has thrown up a range of worrying proposals. And today I want to confirm that under this government, they will never happen. The proposal for government to interfere in how many passengers you can have in your car, I've scrapped it. The proposal that we should force you to have seven different bins in your home, I've scrapped it. The proposal to make you change your diet and harm British farmers by taxing meat, or to create new taxes to discourage flying or going on holiday. I've scrapped those too. So he's a knight in shining armour fighting unpopular dragons. Well, they're unpopular on the right of this party, but actually he is the pig building the house out of straw <laughs> and then being his own wolf and blowing them down and then saying, oh, what a good boy am I? So, of course, he's, he's not providing any details of these the policies that he's scrapped. He's he's characterising them in the way that he's done because if you did look at the details of those policies, you would reel the, it would reveal the straw man he's making, the straw poking out of his trouser legs like the miniature scarecrow that he is. So, yeah, the passengers in cars, the proposal for government to interfere in how many passengers you can have in your car of course it isn't doesn't exist in 2020 the department of transport issued guidance to councils about the benefits of introducing carpooling and lift sharing schemes saying increasing the number of people by one percent in each vehicle annually between 2022 and 2030 would remove 1.25 million cars from the road and result in an annual reduction in co2 of 1.25 metric tons and the Independent Climate Change Committee, set up as part of the Climate Change Act to advise the UK on tackling the issue, said societal pressure to increase car occupancy could play a role as the public becomes increasingly environmental aware. Not interfering, nor making carpooling compulsory was ever government policy. As to bins, seven different bins, nah. There was legislation passed in 2021 which meant that local authorities have to arrange collections for paper, plastic, metal and glass to recycle it, as well as food and garden and general household waste, but never a rule introduced from government to take them away in separate bins. They had been, the government had been looking into ways of making recycling more consistent across the country because it changes where it, from county to county. Uh, from council to council and in fact after the speech the department for environmental and food and food and rural affairs uh, that's defra isn't it confirmed that it was never the case that seven bins would be needed by households so that so he's saying oh yeah that rule about seven bins didn't exist but i've scrapped it <laughs> so aren't aren't i yeah. great uh, yeah, set up the straw man that we didn't that didn't know existed that never existed in order to shoot it down. Um, meat tax never a meat tax. There was cutting back the climate change committee, same committee, um, said cutting back on meat can contribute to healthier diets, reduce direct emissions from food production in the agricultural sector, and free up land that can be used for carbon sequestration. But the report also says there's no policies in place 
to capitalise on the momentum of people already reducing the amount of meat they eat. Because that's the thing elsewhere, various health departments and health uh, information missives from the government said, yeah, if you cut down on the amount of red meat that you eat, you would be healthier. And people have been doing that as a result of government advice. And now Sunak saying, oh, yeah, so there's a meat tax. I've cut that as well. So, yeah, you know, they're all recommendations about, yeah, if you went, if you shifted to healthier diets, that would be good. They've also spotted that various local councils were doing plant-based food at events that they host. And But it's never a policy or a plan to bring in a meat tax. I mean, it's a brilliant soundbite, meat tax. <laughs> also quite a good name for a punk album, right? Um, and then the, as for the taxes to discourage flying or going on holiday, well, this odd because... Uh, aviation has always been a bit of a target, a bit of an easy target, in in my opinion, and I'm entitled to, to, uh, to want to cut emissions because it's a, you know, there's a vast amount of fuel used and there are a vast amount of aeroplanes and you can carbon offset. It's a very visible thing to do. And there's all sorts of comparison sites which said, do you want to fly? Do you want to take the train? If you did, here's the difference. Uh, in carbon footprint and the weird thing is that the conservatives have never really wanted to cut emissions and even sunak cut existing air passenger duty on domestic flights when he was chancellor a couple of days before cop 26 so there was a duty on passengers that was introduced to charge you and offset the amount of um, carbon used by aeroplanes and also to discourage you from flying he's the worst person to try and discourage from flying I think goes everywhere by mm. private jet or helicopter so consequently he's kind of said oh yeah that's a terrible thing we shouldn't do that so I'll cut that and the the climate change committee again hammered home the point in their report that taxes should and would send clearer signals to consumers on the high emissions costs of flying, not adopted by the government as official policy. So all of those countless straw men that he stood up, and he used the same rhetorical technique recently when he listed a whole bunch of stuff and said, yeah, I blocked it, blocked that, blocked that. This one, I've got, I've scrapped this, I've scrapped that. Yeah. He's desperate to show that he's done things but he's just setting a whole bunch of things that didn't exist, never existed as policy, were never threatened to do. They were kind of guidance and advice. They were um, reports gathered on current practices. Possibly this would be the way to go to cut, to move us towards net zero. All of that, the report from the Climate Change Committee was guidance and recommendations. And if we want to head to net zero, and they themselves admitted that government policy, before he rolled back some of the um, policy statements, was never going to meet the net zero target. And now is never going to meet it even more. 
So he set all of those up and then said, I'm great, I've saved you all this stuff with, without revealing what the real arguments are because they all look, when you look at the detail of them, a bit like the Trump examples, it's, it, well, you can't really argue against yeah. that. And yeah, I think, it would I be think the fact incentive. that it's taken us a little while to go through why these aren't the simple yeah. things they're suggesting yeah. shows yeah. that it's a straw man interfaces very nicely with the Gish Gallop. It's very mm. easy mm. to say multiple straw yep. men in a row yep. because you don't have to explain yep. them. You've simplified it to a point where it's both meaningless in terms of its original purpose yep. and also a easy for everyone to go, oh, I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah, um, and aren't you great for not yeah. for making that not happen? And you can do, yeah, yeah. You can do several of them. And yep. for someone to come back and say, okay, well, You've you've Just oversimplified yeah, that. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Here's the actual <laughs> yeah. nuanced version. Yeah. Takes way too long for anyone to be interested yep. in. And I hope people are still yep. listening. But you know, but for, for yep. the audience of a debate, for example, to be list, to to then be expected to sit and listen to all of the explanations of why those yeah. things were oversimplifications, it makes it an easy one to use several times in a row and get some yeah. benefit from. So actually, yes, let's talk about the process of calling people out in that of course and also we wouldn't be able to mention the intervening years since we last looked at the straw man without straw manning corbyn because it was a kind of a national sport ever since both sides of the aisle um take part in that so here's corbyn speaking in the aftermath of the manchester bombing in may 2017 and the then tory defense secretary sir michael fallon straw manning what he said in order to follow the prevailing let's do down Corbyn policy and Channel 4 News' Krishnan Gurumurthy, a hero of the show, calls him out on it. Protecting this country requires us to be both strong against terrorism and strong against the causes of terrorism. The blame is with the terrorists, but if we are to protect our people, we must be honest about what threatens our security. Those causes certainly cannot be reduced to foreign policy decisions alone. And no rationale based on the actions of any government can remotely excuse or even adequately explain outrages like this week's massacre. We must be brave enough to admit that the war on terror is not working. Oh, the idea that um, the uh, attack in Manchester could be traced back to British foreign policy, that it's somehow somebody else's fault. It's the fault of the British government or somebody else. Where did he say that? Which bit? Because he talks about foreign interventions and he implies that uh, somehow this attack can be explained away on the basis of previous foreign interventions by uh, by successive governments, and that's wrong. I don't know which draft you've read, but I mean, the bit I've got is that he says the blame is with the terrorists. But if we are to protect our people, we must be honest about what threatens our security. We must be brave enough to admit the war on terror is simply not working. What's wrong about that? Well, what's wrong about that is there have been attacks in our country that have not been nothing to do with the war against terror. For example, uh, 2005, the London bombings, that was well before we got involved uh, in Libya. Paris was attacked very badly when France wasn't involved in the war in uh, Iraq. But 2005 so no was after connection. Iraq, wasn't it? Sorry? 2005 was after Iraq, wasn't it? 
No, but it was before Libya. You know, the attack on the Twin Towers, that was well before the Iraq war. So there's no correlation here between foreign policy and this appalling act of terrorism. And that's where Jeremy Corbyn has gone wrong. He shifts his argument from... Yeah, yeah. Well, he's, well, he's yeah, wrong. Yeah, he's called well, out Corbyn's... Yeah, yeah Corbyn's you know, linking this to British foreign policy. <laughs> well, he, well, he isn't. He's very clear that... It's the the blame, like like Krishnan uh, uh, points out. You know, he's saying the blame was the Tories, and is and solely blaming uh, a government is not going to solve the problem. But we need to be brave enough to see that the war on terror. So he shifts yeah. his arguments to say, oh, actually, well, the, nothing to do with the war on terror because nine eleven was pre-war on terror. Well, yeah, that yeah. Was the thing that, that famously kicked off the war on terror. The war on terror, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's worked because mm-hmm, yeah. it's done away with terrorism ever since. That's so weird. Yeah, very, very weird. But yeah, but that, that's that's the effort that you have to go to, and it's rare to find it on a news channel. And yeah. you know, Krishna Gurumurthy was he's brilliant at it. We've used him several times. Mm-hmm. No, he goes on to read a quote to Michael Fallon about. Well, certainly whilst they are not directly to blame, certainly the foreign policy over previous years has fomented the revolutionary zeal felt by the terrorists. And he said, well, yeah, there you go, more poppycock. And he said, he said <laughs> that's a direct quote from Foreign Minister um, Boris Johnson mm. at the time. And you go, and you go oh, well, uh, ah. And so it's, yeah. It's, so you've got to be, in order to counter it, you've kind of got to be in possession of the actual thing that's being straw manned yeah. in order to go back and say like krishnan does well where does it say that where does it say that because what yeah. he prefaces the whole thing you know by saying well what have you have you heard it or did you watch him say it or did you read the speech <laughs> Suffered through so many PMs and all of them went wrong. We poked some fun and brought some cheer throughout some dreadful times by pointing out the fallacies in the wild, in the wild, by pointing out the fallacies in the wild. Trump, 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 and what will come in 24 more epoch-making stunts? Like all the crap that came before With all the same old cunts We'll poke more fun, we'll cop more suits We'll measure things in smooth By pointing out the fallacies in the world In the world By pointing out the fallacies in the world There we are, God rest ye merry gentlemen, of course <laughs> For this Christmas season so in the fallacy in the world, we like to talk about the fallacy of the week from a non-political perspective. And our first example this week is from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. No! In tribute oh, no. Yes. to the wonderful Andre yes. Brower, oh. uh, who died last week. And yeah. uh, here he is in a scene with also wonderful John C. McGinley. Oh, yeah, from Scrubs. From Scrubs, yeah. who is yeah. playing the police union rep who has right. had the officers out on Blue Flu under the claim 
that they're being targeted by members of the community who put a mouse in a burrito that was kind of served to a policeman. But Captain Holt has proved that that isn't the full story. There's McCaffrey coming out of Purdue Pet Supplies with the mouse that he put in the burrito. So there's no need for tactical gear or a never forget burrito ribbon or any of that. You need to call off the blue flu. Are you crazy? My guys are under attack. No, I just proved that it wasn't an attack. He faked it. Not that attack. This attack. The one where you call a policeman a liar. He is a liar. Oh, dear my God, you just did it again. Do you understand the worst thing you can do to another person is to call that person a liar? You hate cops. That's a fact. I... I... I just thought the blue flu was about a mouse and a burrito. Well, it was, but now it's about you saying it wasn't. Well, that doesn't make any sense. So you're calling me stupid? That's not what I said. You're calling me a liar. I just don't know how to talk to someone like you. Someone like me? Wow. That's racist. Oh, this is a very frustrating conversation. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So the yeah the union guys whole thing really is just misrepresenting what what yeah. is said to yeah. him and turning it wow. into something. It's just an bad escalating. That, <laughs> yeah. That he can uh, argue uh, against. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the way you just go. Oh. This is a very frustrating <laughs> conversation. Uh-huh. Rather than drawing his weapon and shooting him straight through the head. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. That's so great. Um, So our second (laughs) example is from The Simpsons. This is an episode where Homer has um, been invited onto a political talk show to be the kind of everyman ranty kind of character and Mm -hmm. and rants successfully, beating the host of the show. Homer, the way you just demolished our number one on-air personality was fantastic. You are the kind of ill-informed gas bag this network cannot get enough of. We only have 11 now. Not to mention our liberal straw man. Oh, the plain and simple facts is I'd love to raise your taxes and make your children gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they have a, a liberal straw man who yeah. claims liberals want to do things that yeah. they can then easily argue against. Who works yeah. for their... The plain and simple facts is that's an e- excellent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And finally, well, I present yeah. just as a personification of this, yeah. Alex Jones. Yes. Pretty much everything he says is a form of, of straw man fallacy. Yeah. And I was so confident that it would be that I didn't bother, because who would? Go well. Yeah. I know Dan would of, of knowledge fight, but who would go yeah. and subject themselves to to large swathes of Alex Jones other than Dan? Yeah. And so I just went to the most recent episode of Knowledge Fight and oh, uh, found out yeah. what the, what they were talking about on that one. Yeah. And yeah. they were looking back at an episode from 2004 where mm-hmm. at one point Alex says this headline: Court opens door to searches without warrants. Dissenting judges call ruling. The road to hell. So I want everybody to think about that long and hard. And they say, hey, we don't need warrants anymore to search your house or business. Just we're not going to have those anymore. So his claim is that a court has said, we're not going to have warrants anymore. Yeah. We can just search you whenever the fuck we want. No matter. Just wondering. Yeah. 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 That's Look fine. around. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Shockingly, while that is easy to argue against, 
it wasn't actually the case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm shocked and yeah. stunned. Yeah, <laughs> I think Alex had basically not even read the article, let alone the case that this was based on, yeah. but the article yeah. about the case. He just read the headline on Drudge Report and, yeah. and went, oh, well, I've got to, I can rant about this for two hours. And it was based on a case called United States versus Gould from 2004, where a guy in Louisiana had threatened to kill two judges. And they'd had a tip about this guy being violent. He was already a convicted felon with a history of violence. So they went to his trailer to question him about this and see if they thought that he was actually really going to kill these people or, you know, if there was anything they could do about it, which seems reasonable. His roommate, who who shared the trailer with him, let the police in and agreed to them coming in and looking around, basically. Right. And said that Gould was in his bedroom. So they went into his bedroom. He wasn't there. And they did a protective sweep to make sure that they weren't going to get jumped out on by a violent person with a gun. So they looked under the bed. They looked in a closet. And in the closet, there was three rifles which he wasn't allowed to have because he's a convicted felon. They, right. uh, they later found him hiding in the woods outside okay. yeah. and arrested him, yeah. then executed a search with his consent uh, and mm-hmm. seized the rifles. So the case that this, when this went to court right. was about was finding the rifles while looking to make sure they weren't going to be attacked by someone yeah. An illegal search. Was that them mm. doing a warrantless search, which they weren't allowed to do? And should those rifles, therefore, be th- be thrown Despite out? Despite being invited to come well, in. Well, were, they were invited into the trailer by his right. trailer mate, yeah. but not yeah. into his bedroom. Right. He didn't have the right to consent to the police yeah. searching yeah. Gould's bedroom. Yeah. The police say they didn't search the bedroom. They were just they were looking for him and making sure yeah. that they weren't going to be attacked. They saw, saw the, the rifles, rifles in yeah. the process of in that. In plain sight. Yeah. So that basically yeah. this case was about some lawfare. It was about questioning yeah. whether a protective sweep in this state has to be incident to an arrest or whether it can just be police who are in a location and wanting to make sure that they're not going to be violently attacked. Yeah. The case law up to that point could be interpreted in different ways and that was the argument that was being questioned in the case. And the, and the ruling came down right. that, no, they were okay to have done this and the fact that they saw the, the rifles while they were doing that doesn't disqualify them as evidence yeah. in yeah. his later conviction. Yeah. So that is an incredibly narrow ruling because it's very specific yeah. to the facts of that case. And yeah. it, that doesn't allow police to search your car, search your home without having a warrant, come in and, yeah. you know, you don't get to say, no, you're not allowed in or anything like that. Yeah. It doesn't affect any of that. And also makes it very difficult to, to argue against. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely. Think, you, you look at it and you think, oh, yeah, that no, I probably agree with reasonable. that ruling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It seems all right. The fact that they ca- that happened upon <laughs> the rifles in, you know, leaning up against the yeah. walls or wherever they were in plain view he shouldn't have those. The case actually says, uses those words in plain view. Ah, okay, yeah. And I think, and I thought prior to this case, that in plain view is a specific set of legal magic words, essentially, right. in, in cases yeah. where, yeah, evidence that is in plain view. Like if you yeah. if a policeman stops someone in the car and they have, like, drugs on their dashboard or a gun yeah. in the back seat and you see it 
through the window. Joint in the mouth. Yeah, Yeah. that isn't a search. Yes. Although it specifically says in plain view in the case, Mm -hmm. they were in plain view after they'd opened the closet door. Oh, okay, yeah. So I don't actually think in plain view is a good description of that. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, yeah. 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 At so, the bottom of the lake, behind yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the rock. So know, I would say this leopards. was a search, yeah. but it was a search for a different reason. They weren't searching for yeah. evidence. They were, they were looking in the, the closet to see if he was hiding in yeah. the closet. Yeah. In case he was. Um, but in any case, gun. whatever you feel about the, the specific outcome of this specific case, this certainly isn't represented by what Alex Jones was saying, which is yeah, yeah, yeah. courts have ruled police no longer need a warrant. But essentially, if you if you listen to Alex Jones at any point or or knowledge fight, you will hear him yeah. using straw men constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Because in order to get so upset about all of the stuff that he talks about, he has to misrepresent the stuff he's talking about. He has to take yeah. what a Democrat has said or what he thinks a Democrat thinks or whatever and then suggest it's something way more nefarious or evil yeah. or clearly yeah. wrong and yep. then he can rant about it. Because yeah. if he actually approached it honestly, there wouldn't be fodder for a three hour show yeah, every quite. day. So we're gonna we're gonna play fake news, folks. I love the game, it's a great game. I understand the game as well as anybody. As well as anybody. Yes, it's time for fake news, the game where usually I read out three Trump quotes, two of which are real and one I made up, and Mark has to figure out which one is fake news. But Yeah, so what you're saying is, right, <laughs> that the truth is never to be found by one as devious and unlucky as me. Well, that's just nice, I must say. <laughs> well, there is three times as much truth this time. Oh. But also three yeah. times as much um, perfidy. Oh, um, yeah. Because yeah. this is a Christmas episode, and we like to mix things up a bit. Where we're all about perfidy. Yeah. 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 Um, and and so normally I, it would be quotes from Trump. Mm-hmm. But yeah. this week what we have is nine examples oh my God, right. of TV shows that mm-hmm. Trump pitched over the years to various television networks. Okay. Three of which I made up. Right. They're in batches right. of three. So one of the first oh, three, one of the God. second three, one of the third three are ones okay. I made up. Okay. And, and so you have an opportunity to add three to your score. Whoa. Which is, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, it's already doing very well. Wow, I could leap ahead. Absolutely. Okay. So... The first three, right. of which you yep. have to choose which one is yep. made up by me. Number one, mm-hmm. The Tower, a West Wing-type family drama inspired by Trump's life and career about a real estate tycoon named John Barron who works alongside <laughs> his ex-wife and several adult children. Okay, yeah. Number two, <laughs> right. yeah. The Apprentice, Blacks versus Whites, a spin-off no. of the popular reality show in which no. an all-white team of business people would be pitted against an all-black team to see which would bring in the most money. Okay, that's horrifying. Number three, yeah. Money Talks, mm. a talk show hosted by Donald himself in which he would exclusively interview billionaires about their careers and lifestyles. Oh, uh, that sounds a bit like he would do that one. It's kind of like... <laughs> it's kind of, There'll be a later variation... Called Dictators, a talk <laughs> show hosted by Donald Trump. Exclusive into Dictators because it's basically it's about him wanting to be seen with other billionaires. Uh, but the whole thing would be in a slightly Michael Parkinson slash Louis <laughs> Theroux kind of way. 
when it's mostly about Parky and Theroux. Yeah, he'd want. Yeah, he'd want to have a bathe in reflected glory. I think would be an alternative title. Okay, so yeah, I'm quite enamoured by that one. The Apprentice Blacks v Whites is an appalling concept, and um, and I'm convinced that he would, <laughs> therefore would have done that. So, but yeah, the West Wing type family drama, Trump's life and career about real estate. Yeah, John Barron. Yeah, because we know that that's the the guy that would. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I think that's a gym size gag. Ah, uh, but as soon as I say that, it looks it looks even more. So okay, so I think of the first three, the tower number one is the one that you made up. Okay, so you think the apprentice Blacksby Whites is is true? I I do. He workshopped this idea with Howard Stern and pitched the idea no to NBC. Shit, no. It it was a genuine. Think when this this was around two thousand and four two thousand five when the Apprentice was starting to lag in the ratings a bit and he thought what you right. need is a new hook this, right this so what we'll do is start a race war <laughs> yeah oh my god yeah I mean it'd be bad enough if you did like an all male all female team that would be yeah yeah less offensive I don't know oh well, but yeah I kind think of... it would be less offensive definitely. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, yeah. it'd be fairly offensive. But it it would, could still be know. offensive, but... Yeah. No, so they, that was... Uh, what the fuck? That was a thing fuck? he came up yeah. with. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And yeah. and you also yeah. think Money Talks is it's real. real. Yeah. And that is one I made up. Oh, what? Well, that's a very um, tame one. So... No. So the other so one... The tower. No. So the John Barron one is actually real. <laughs> no. So, oh. uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this was in 2004. No. He, was, he was pitching this. He NBC hired this. Was this went to pilot? This. No. Yeah. Oh my god! So they, we've got to find that. They hired a writer called Gay Walsh who yeah. told Vanity Fair. She didn't really know much about Trump. Yeah, she yeah. read all of his books during the course of her research. She'd never really watched yeah. The Apprentice, so she didn't have any opinions on him specifically. Right. She kind of gave him the script and everything. His only note was was to change the name of the character to John Barron. No. Yeah. No. That, oh, what? That's brilliant. Because <laughs> we, know, we know the gag about John yeah. Barron. We yeah, know yeah. the inside story on that. Oh, no. And NBC made a pilot. Oh, it, but it did God, not we've got to find series. that. That's We've got to find that. <laughs> oh, God, that would be brilliant, wouldn't it? So that, so, oh, what? I can't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> so the next three. Wow. The Trumps. On that basis, the Trumps. This was yeah. a, an Osborne-style reality show featuring okay. Donald at work and at home with his yeah. then-girlfriend, Melania. Uh, mm-hmm. Don Jr., Eric, and Ivanka would also be featured, but not Tiffany. But not, not Tiffany. Okay. Okay. Number five. Right. Trump mm-hmm. Town Girls. <laughs> this is a reality show. Yeah. Where beauty Billy pageant Joel contestants write the theme tune, sing the theme tune. Yeah. Beauty pageant contestants would be pitted against female real estate brokers who actually worked for Trump already to compete for commissions. So to try and sell real estate, yeah. doing whatever yeah. it takes 
to win the week's payday. That's so awful. It <laughs> and <laughs> number six. Wow. Yeah. Trump Tower. Not to be yeah. confused with the tower. With the tower. Uh huh. This was a raunchy soap opera similar to <laughs> to Dynasty or Dynasty. Yeah. With sex, murder, and drama among the ultra rich, ultra powerful, and ultra beautiful people who live in Trump Tower, which was quote the world's most glamorous address. <laughs> it isn't. <laughs> wow. I really like Trump Town girls. The Trumps. Which kind of there wasn't there a uh, animated children's cartoon called the Flumps? It was, yeah. Which was like like knitted sort of round things with northern accents. I seem to recall. And Osborne said, "Yeah, well, um, I'm a bit suspicious of that one because in the Osborne thing there was a, a sibling, a child that didn't appear." Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I really like the the why would why would you just randomly pitch beauty pageant contests against female real estate brokers? Well, yeah, why not? Why not? One another Trump Town Trump Town girls. Ah, oh, but that's too too large a, a pun. Thing. Oh God! Okay, so. Mm, well, I reckon though the five and six are that ridiculous. They must be true and based on. Okay, yeah. So I think number four is the one you made up. So okay, I think so the Trump's the Osborne Stars reality show, not Tiffany. So you think Trump Town Girls is a real? Uh, yeah. Thing, real I'm idea. Sure I so wanted to be. And yeah, and that is real. No, no, <laughs> no. Uh-huh. This was why in... would you just a beauty pageant content? Well, apart from Trump's com- continued fantasy world, yeah, I think that's yeah. Why not? It. Let's just yeah, yeah. 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 Would you, who did they pitch that to? Uh, that was for E Network, right? <laughs> right. This was as late as 2013. He was pitching yeah. this. One intention of the show, at least, was mm-hmm. to get Ivanka to be a reality TV star because she was involved uh, okay. in this. And I don't know if it yeah. was as a host or as one of the brokers or what, right. but they were hoping yeah. that she would be a, a reality TV star. Yeah. And yeah. this actually got to production. Oh, wow. It, it yeah. never made it to air, supposedly because yeah. they felt there were no interesting characters, presumably including Ivanka. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they just yeah. didn't think, oh, no, it's not really working. The cast was too small, not interesting, wow. enough, according to Jezebel. Wow. And you also think the soap opera Trump Tower... Is real. Yeah. 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 And that is also real. Oh, what? And this was based on a novel. Called Trump Tower. It's called Trump Tower. Right. It was ghost written, obviously. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But in the original release of the book, Trump's name yeah. was kind of above the, the writer. But the but the writer's name was right. still on it. But it was, yeah, yeah. it's a it's a soap opera e office politics, sex and murder thing set in wow. Trump Tower. And on the book's back cover uh, at least in the original, it, it said that it yeah. was going to be turned into a TV show. Um, but it, it apparently, the book didn't do very well. <laughs> yeah. So it's his plans for, for adapting it yeah. for TV never... Materialised. Never happened. Yeah. 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 Which means wow. that the Trumps, the 
Osborne oh, style yeah, reality yeah, yeah. show the is, style. is made up. Uh, uh, in my head, Tiffany yeah. wouldn't be in it because she lived with Marla right. at the time, so she wouldn't necessarily. Yeah. Also, the fact that Trump doesn't like her, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, yeah, so Don and, and Eric and Ivanka would have been around. So, yeah, the last three. Yeah. Number seven, Lady Aura Tramp. Right. So this is a My Fair Lady-based reality show in which out-of-control, party-loving young women would be taught to be glamorous and try to pass as rich debutantes, and Trump would be on hand to monitor their progress. I well, quite like that. <laughs> That's an idea. <laughs> yeah, okay. Number eight. Yeah. Last Model Standing. Right. A reality competition in which catwalk models would compete in a series of physical challenges from Ninja Warrior-style assault courses to literal boxing matches, and Trump would eliminate one model per show. <laughs> and number right. nine... Okay, yeah. ...is called Donald Trump Presents the Most Beautiful Women in the World. Right. This is a, a one-off special... Mm-hmm. Uh, consisting of a series of shorts and interviews with 10 of the most beautiful women in the world, hosted by Donald. Yeah. Featured women would include Claudia Schiffer, Michelle Pfeiffer and Princess Diana. So that's a 90s thing, right? OK. Wow. Well that, mm, yeah. It's just... The thing is, the two of these are real. (laughs) Any two out of those three are just appalling things, but two of them are actually real. No. Well, I quite like the last model standing. Actual boxing matches. Okay, because I want them all to be real. Unexpectedly, I'm going to go with number eight as the one you made up. Okay. The last model standing ninja warrior style <laughs> sort of courses. So you think, yeah. you think Lady or things is real? Yeah. And that is? Yeah. Real. What? When was that? <laughs> this was 2007. That's and it was, yeah. it was supposedly kind of based on a... A British show called Ladette to Lady. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe Trump saw it. Maybe someone told him about mm-hmm. it. But he pitched that to NBC. The Apprentice had finished it before it became the Celebrity Apprentice. So the kind of the ratings right. had dropped off, and they they hadn't figured out how to add celebrities to it yet. So yeah. so he was looking for something else to do, and so he he pitched them this. He said the idea is genius, and the show will be huge or huge. huge. Uh, but yeah. but it it never made it to. Uh, it was neither stage. of those two things, yeah. No. Wow. So uh, you also thought that Donald Trump presents the most beautiful woman in the world. Yeah. The one-off special was real. Yeah. And yeah. that is real. That is oh, what? a pitch in the early 90s, as you said, yeah. to, to ABC. He he wrote an email or letter, actually, at the time, because right. it was the early 90s, yeah. to the president of ABC News, Rune Arledge, mm-hmm. he said, uh, the show will consist of a series of shorts and interviews with 10 of the most beautiful women in the world, including Lady Di, yeah. brackets, who I know and I think will speak to me. <laughs> <laughs> Claudia Schiffer, Linda Evangelista, yeah. Christy Turlington, Michelle Pfeiffer, etc. This programme yeah. will be done on a yearly basis and will get huge ratings. I will promote huge, it heavily yeah. along with everything else I do. Another network is very interested, but I wanted to speak to you before proceeding. Yeah, right. And then, P.S., I bet it gets one of the top five highest ratings of the year. (laughs) 
So, um, He's such a dog. So Rune wasn't interested, wow. and apparently the other network that was very interested yeah. was yeah. just stringing me Didn't on. Didn't exist. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and which, it's full of which, all the all the people that later at later dates he would say had faces like horses, and, you know, had yeah. feet the size of elephants. So, um, wow. so that means last model standing, I made up. Yeah, um, which... but well, I'd love to see that. <laughs> Wouldn't you love to see that? Yeah, and uh-huh. Trump would eliminate, but there would be yeah. It's just that kind of <laughs> seedy association, with, you know, by. Proxy that that he would be. He would watch them fight, and then he'd say, "You're fired." Virile and desirable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he would, yeah. That they would all want to fall at his feet and say, uh-huh. "Oh no, don't eliminate me, please." <laughs> yeah, what an ass. Yeah. <laughs> so even though that, it's not true, no, it's no, still, still an ass. Yeah. So that means you got two, two correct. Hey! Uh, oh, so, all right. Congratulations. Oh, that's all right. I did post these on our. Patron and uh, Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To see yeah, what, what other did they make thought. of them? Will on Patron yeah. went with three, five, and eight. So mm-hmm. got two right, just mm-hmm. like you did, although not mm-hmm. the same two. Yeah. Renee chose two, four, and seven. Now that I reread two, I eliminated it because it was just too racist, but Trump is that racist and more. <laughs> However, when I change an answer, I usually had the correct one to begin with, so I'm sticking with two, four, and seven. Um, okay. And Colleen yeah. said she remembers hearing about two. And so really? is went with uh, one, five, and seven. Those were all real, unfortunately. Ah, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trump Town Girls is so, <laughs> so shit. Wow, yeah. wow! Fancy hearing him? No, that's amazing, isn't it? The, <laughs> oh, Black versus yeah. whites. And none uh, of our Facebook what? followers deigned to have a go this week. Okay, either uh, that or they're just completely overwhelmed by yeah, the yeah, fact that. That's also possible. Six out of those are <laughs> actually real. That's uh-huh. enough to just stop you in your tracks. It's just, well, well, well done for researching those. Jesus <laughs> Christ, they're awful, aren't they? And that's not. He didn't just. I have to say, pitch those. I he don't must know have that several others. I don't know that the Apprentice Blacks versus Whites was the title it was pitched as. No. <laughs> okay. That is right. the that is the pitch, but that was yeah. like the title it was given in the article I read. But, right. Um, yeah, I don't know it's if probably that's called. Like, like, I don't know if you went the to NBC race and went. Wars. I know what we should do. We should do yeah. The Apprentice, Blacks versus yeah. Whites. Like, what the fuck? Donald? It would be great. <laughs> it, it would be so great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's got all the all the elements. <laughs> People would root for one team or another. Jesus Christ. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. And it's time for the part of the show that this week at least is called the 14th Amendment is not a logical fallacy. Because... Yeah, because yeah. this has come up before, hasn't it? And, yeah. And... So we talked about this a couple of episodes ago when a Colorado court ruled on a case that had been brought by Crew, which is Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, to challenge yep. Trump's right to be on the primary ballot. 
due mm. to Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, which yep. um, says that you can't hold office if you have if you're aided a an insurrection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. Yeah. And he did. So yes. the, the court at the time ruled that he was involved in an insurrection, but yep. they didn't think that the president was an office of the United States. So that meant that he... Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, he's not an officer, and uh, basically because the, the oath is slightly different. Uh, okay, yes, yes. The president vows to protect the Constitution, whereas other officers vow to support the Constitution. Okay. So they said he did incite an insurrection, but yeah. he isn't disqualified under that basis. Both sides appealed. Yeah. Trump's side appealed to say, we didn't incite an insurrection. And oh, the okay. other side yeah, yeah. said... We agree with you on that bit, but we also think he should be disqualified. So that went up yeah. to the Court of Appeals in Colorado, which is the Colorado Supreme Court. Yeah. They said, uh, we agree, he definitely incited an insurrection. Also, yeah. we do think that the president is an he's officer an of the United of States, of and yeah. therefore he's off the John is the highest office. Yeah, you would yeah. think so. That makes sense. If you hold the highest office, then you are an officer. Also, in office. just in terms yeah. of what the framers... Of, of that part of the Constitution, because this was uh, Restoration Era, post-Civil War, yep. what the, the people who were writing the 14th Amendment were trying to do at the time, mm-hmm. because the Civil War had happened, and then former Confederate yep. soldiers and politicians and people like that were then just running for seats again in Congress, in the United yeah. States Congress, <laughs> the yeah. country that they yeah. just lost to in a war, having tried yeah. to overthrow them. Overthrow um, it, yeah. As if nothing had happened. Yeah. And, and they kind of went, no, I think we should have a rule yeah, that went, you no, can't do that. You, yeah, yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, like the beginning of this year, yeah. you were at war with the rest of us to overthrow what we represent. And um, now, because we've kept the status quo as it was after a long bloody battle, series of battles, you now want to join back in with that? Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's kind of, yeah, restitution and rehabilitation, but yes. All of the parts of the 14th Amendment are essentially knocking down Confederates. They're they're saying that the whole uh, kind of three-fifths compromise isn't real. Mm-hmm. You know, black mm-hmm. people should are, are equal to everyone yep. else and have the same rights. I think Section Four was was something like you can't collect on a debt that a person who was in the Union Army, who was defending their country, incurred right. while they were fighting. You know that right. they gave up their livelihood to fight for their country. Yeah, but people who gave up their livelihood to fight to overthrow a country. They don't get yeah. their debts uh, cancelled. Yeah. They have to pay yeah, their yeah. debts. In fact, we're going to take your money and give it to yeah. the, uh, the you know, pensions for the Union yeah. soldiers and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So the whole, basically, the whole of Amendment 14 is saying, fuck you, Confederates, you lost. All the yeah. stuff you tried to do is not okay, yeah. and now we're, you We're you not going to let you join back in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and one of the yeah. things you're not going to be allowed to do is yeah. hold office. Run for fucking president. Yes. At which point, when, you know, if elected, you would then take an oath you'd already gone against. Yes. So how could we trust you next time when you've done that yeah. already? So yeah. the idea that that would be not allowed for lower offices, but perfectly fine for the person running the entire yeah. country. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We can't... Yeah. 
Yeah, and you got and you think, yeah, though. Do you not think you're just splitting hairs for the for the on the for the sake yeah. of it, so that it it whilst you agreed, yes, insurrectionists who are basically trying to tear down the structure of the democratic state of the United States, ought not to be able to run for office. Part of that structure yeah. of the democratic yeah, <laughs> yeah, but doesn't apply to the president because we want him so badly to be back in office because we yeah we just want to ignore everything else pretend we didn't see that we just want him back in so we're going to look at any way at all to try and find some hair we can split yeah so the colorado supreme <sighs> court's ruling yeah. is that trump is off the ballot in colorado yeah that doesn't mean a huge amount. It's kind of a kind of a symbolic thing because Colorado's blue. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know he was never yeah. going to win Colorado anyway. But it does present a precedent for other states to then yeah. do that too. California's supposedly already looking at it. I wouldn't be surprised if others go the same way. Great Florida does it, and at some point they'll get to a state you do care about. And yeah. the more that they approach, the more purple states where he does have a chance. That's yeah. going to impact on his ability to possibly run again really or realistically yeah. have a chance yeah so obviously this is going to be appealed to the supreme court oh yeah I gotta say, yeah that was my yeah. next question is he, he's going it's the to very next it? thing that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah 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 and call it something like it's unfair but he, he won't go oh, it's elections ah, ah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 oh yeah of course it's un-american radical leftist yeah. uh, agenda yeah all that and it's, stuff. And it, it's got to be unconstitutional, despite the fact that it's Absolutely. literally constitutional. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's actually well, part of the Constitution. I mean, there are differing views, mm -hmm. which break down mostly along party lines, but not entirely. Oh. Judge Luttig, who testified again for the January 6th committee, he was the judge who just talked really, really slowly, and it was quite frustrating. Yeah, yeah. But he was man. Yes. a yeah. Republican essentially lifelong republican who is not fully in favor of trump and he yeah. uh, thinks yeah this is completely fair ruling this is exactly how yeah. it should go yeah. uh, yeah. whereas other people think actually this is a distortion of what was intended by the 14th <sighs> amendment and stuff like yeah, that yeah part of the problem is there hasn't been a lot of precedent of this being applied to people there was post-civil war yeah but not a lot since then, since. largely because there haven't been, been any many insurrections. insurrections. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it, it hasn't come up a lot. Yeah, and so there's not a lot of case law to to, uh, or at least recent relevant case law that they can point to mm -hmm. to say, well, this is how this specific case should be questioned or applied. There is one which, frankly, given the political makeup of the Supreme Court, mm -hmm. in that they are six, three Republican, and three of them yeah. were appointed by Trump. Yep. Should they want to maintain Trump's position on the ballot, which, frankly, they probably do, mm -hmm. a case they might focus on in terms of a precedent is one called Griffin's case, right? which is a badly argued, poorly written, not very... Bi well, certainly not binding precedent case, yeah. Yeah. but goes in the right direction for them. So if they wanted to kind of point to something and go, look, we really were kind of like, this is this is the ruling. We can't do anything else because look at this one. Yeah. It was written by the Chief Justice of the United States at the time, a guy called Salmon Chase. Salmon P. Chase. Not Simon. Nice. Salmon the fish. Salmon. Yeah. Right, okay. Salmon Chase, yeah. In uh, 1869, the Colorado court considered this 
when they were making their ruling, and they rejected that opinion as being a poor reading of the 14th Amendment. Because essentially what, the, what his argument was is that it doesn't kick in, essentially, that prohibition unless Congress specifically makes a law saying that. Despite the fact it's in the, it's in the amendment, yeah. yeah. Um, and one of the reasons that yeah. um, the that the Colorado court said, well, this is nonsense and doesn't doesn't bind anything, doesn't make yeah. us rule in a particular way, was because the other sections of the Fourteenth Amendment don't seem to require congressional action to to go right. into effect. Yeah, yeah. They're just there. They work. Yeah. They they've yeah. worked the whole time. Yeah. So why this one specifically? It's pseudo legal effort on the part of being trying to dismiss the ele- massive elephant <laughs> in the room. If you lead an insurrection and oh, let's look at what the ruling on what happened on January 6th. Oh, 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 okay, yeah, Trump led the insurrection. If you do lead an insurrection, you can't stand for office. There's this massive effort to try and nitpick your way around it, saying, oh, yeah, well, it's like interpreting the fucking Bible, isn't it, on the part of the right guy. <laughs> yeah, well, you see, yeah, Leviticus 3, subchapter 17 says that you can't have two pineapples and a goat. So that what what that actually means, what we interpret that in modern parlance means is you're not allowed two children and trans. It's that it's just nonsense. You know, and it's patently obvious that what they want to do is not have anything applied to Trump because he's their best bet of winning the next election. Yeah. And if somebody could just stand up and say, somebody British in a podcast about fallacious arguments could just stand up and say, wake up, you fools. This is what they're doing. It's patently obvious from over here, from a, you know the 4,000-mile view. You're just making stuff up in order to get back into power. That's we've had it for 13 fucking years with the Tories. We know what you're doing. Stop it. He is patently an insurrectionist. He did all of those things. He was not going to leave the White House because he had lost because he's a big baby and he's shit. (laughs) And you ought not to facilitate him because you're just doing it to stay in power. Yeah. It's awful. It's inhumane. And as, the sooner he dies, the better we're off we'll be. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you yeah. can quote me on that. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, most Americans who have been surveyed over the last few days uh, uh, yeah. agree with the, or approve of at least, the Colorado Supreme Court's ruling. Yeah. Obviously not most Republicans. No. <laughs> but still 24% of Republicans... Oh, really? ...approve of the decision. Oh, my God, really? Yeah. Are they the same ones that would vote, that would rather have DeSantis than... Possibly. ...than Trump? Yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, 84% of Democrats, 48% of Independents, and 24% yeah. of Republicans approve of the Colorado ruling. Wow. Which wow. adds up totally to 54% of... US adults versus 35% who disagree with it. And there's obviously some in there who who don't really know. Those are the kind of numbers that if they weren't against him, Trump would point out and say, you see, I'm carrying the day with 54%. (laughs) 
Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. 24% of Republicans. That is yeah. amazing. But yeah. not all Republicans are happy no. about it. <laughs> no, really? Quite a yeah. few are violently yeah. unhappy. Okay, yeah. To the yeah. extent that, well, there have been a lot of death threats. First of all, wow. the death threats against... Against whom? Um, well, to start with, there were a lot of death threats against Colorado Secretary of State Jenna Griswold. She yep. didn't bring the case. It was crew and a few Colorado residents who, who brought the case. Yep. She was the Secretary of State while it, when it was filed. Mm-hmm. She didn't file the case. She didn't, like, do anything yeah. in its favour or anything like that. She but, just had to be but, sitting in, behind the desk. Yeah, but yeah. in three weeks from when it was filed... She had 64 death threats and 900 non-lethal abuse threats, wow. uh, at which point yeah. she stopped counting. Yeah. So 900 is pretty high to keep counting for. To keep counting, yeah. Um, I'd, I'd probably stop at She 10. estimates yeah. thousands <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. The judges on the Colorado Supreme Court, the seven judges, have been threatened with death and all kinds even of the, other things. Even the three that voted... Yeah, against... weirdly, yeah. even the three yeah. that voted... Yeah. Uh, Can I? Wait for, a yeah, minute! For Trump yeah. to be left yeah. on the ballot. People tweeting things like, you know, what do you call seven Colorado Supreme Court judges at the bottom of a river? A good start. Yeah, good start. Yeah, that yeah. kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so there's a lot of people who are that angry. There's also a lot of Republicans in other states right. who are threatening to remove Biden from the ballot. On the grounds that... On no grounds whatsoever... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's where they fall yeah. down. Frankly, is yeah. that they don't have a constitutional argument that they can make about it. Yeah, it's just like, well, well we could do that. I mean, despite what <laughs> Ramaswamy says, yes. that it's unprecedented. You need a precedent. Yeah, you can't just go. Yeah, we'll just exclude that guy on the basis that he's not Trump. He's yeah. a Democrat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's a so unionist. That, I don't yes. think that's probably going to go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Doesn't make a lot His of sense. His son's got a laptop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, the Colorado Republican Party have argued that they are just going to ignore it. Oh, okay. What they're going to do is they're going to withdraw yeah. from the primary system and have a caucus right. instead, like Iowa do. Right. And you can you can vote for anyone in that. You just get yeah. people in a school gym and, and run in a corner for yeah. the person you like, and uh, and that's yeah. how they get on the ballot and okay. become the nominee. But how do they do That's a bit like having those fake electors, isn't it? We'll just yeah, ignore very those. We'll just in have... that they, yeah. by law, have to do it the way the other that the way. primary works. Yeah. <laughs> they can't yeah. just change their just mind at this we'll, What we'll do, we'll do it like the, the founding fathers did. What you mean, the founding fathers that, that put in right, a law against that, insurrectionists? Yeah. Yeah, we're just we're just going to ignore it and make up our own thing, and then harumph when people don't follow what we've done because yeah. of something you know that pesky thing called the law. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which we voted for in previous times. We'll be all for that because we're yeah. the party of law and order. But yeah, unless it suits us, yes. <sighs> yeah. So Ramaswamy, the yeah. scrappy do of the yeah. Republican. <laughs> Nominees the shock has jumping <laughs> moment of the Republican Party has yeah. Um, yeah. vowed to to withdraw <laughs> from the um, from the Colorado oh, right. primary. That'll show them, and yeah. uh, like in solidarity, and yeah. uh, asked yeah. DeSantis 
Chris Christie and Nikki Haley to do the same. So, also so that they that. just can't be dumb. You know, they can't yeah. have a primary, uh, which that'll teach them. That'll teach them. It's yeah. a bit like it's that's a kind of proper, uh, <laughs> it's a Karen response, isn't it? It's going, yeah, I'm going to, yeah. Do you know what? Because you've ruined my coffee, I'm not going to come back to your coffee shop ever again. Yeah. Oh, and all the staff are going, no, oh, stop. thank God for that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, don't. <laughs> Please, no. <laughs> yeah. But it is, it is brilliant, isn't it? It's a, you know, well done, Colorado, because it's a, it's a proper cat amongst the pigeons stirring yeah. the hornet's nest. Yeah. More of this, please. <sighs> yes. <laughs> We we love ah yeah well because we ought to talk about the fact that he will appeal it which will oh, yeah, delay absolutely. the decision yeah. and then it will go to so he'll appeal yeah, it he'll appeal to the Supreme, Supreme Court is the next step up right. so that's it yeah 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 they've got to think about it well so they've got to decide whether they're going to even hear it Cause, right because they uh-huh. they could say eh, this isn't one for us and let the lower mm-hmm. court ruling stand. I don't think Ooh. they will. I think they'll take it, and I think they'll overturn yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, of course, because it deals with yeah. Trump, for Christ's sake. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, finally, some things we really don't have time to talk about. One of Trump's many panicky attempts to avoid consequences for inciting an insurrection involved a motion in his D.C. election interference trial, essentially claiming that presidents are allowed to do whatever they want, so there. And overthrowing the election was totally within his official presidential duties. The judge mm-hmm. disagreed, saying that the fact that he used to be president, quote, did not bestow on him the divine right of kings to evade the criminal accountability that governs his fellow citizens. Nice. Naturally, Trump appealed that ruling to the D.C. Circuit Court and requested a stay while that appeal is considered. However, Jack Smith isn't going to sit around while Trump slow plays his case, and Smith went straight to the Supreme Court to ask them to consider whether Trump is immune from prosecution and asked for an expedited decision on whether they would hear the case. This is kind of brilliant, since Trump was definitely going to ask them that at some point as a delaying tactic further down the road. But he can't ask them not to take the case now and then later on ask them to consider the exact same question. Trump's team have, however, pushed back on the time frame, essentially asking, what's the big rush? Smith (laughs) is pretty clear that he's trying to stick to the March 4th trial date, but Trump's lawyers argue... In an omission that speaks volumes, the special counsel never explains why March 4th, 2024 is supposedly the only appropriate timetable for this historic prosecution. That date has no talismanic significance. Mm-hmm. Not adding, it's not like if we delay it until after the election, he's going to try and pardon himself or anything. Oh, fuck, wait. So, of course, <laughs> the guy who has complained that prosecutors took their time to build a case rather than arrest him in January 2021 is now saying the Supreme Court mustn't rush into the complicated question of whether they should decide they're going to answer a different question later on. Meanwhile, in a different motion to the D.C. District Court, Trump's attorneys are arguing that he can't have undermined the public's faith in elections because the Russians already did that in 2016 when they interfered to get him elected. And I'm barely <laughs> paraphrasing at all. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh God! They never they haven't learned. <laughs> when I was a kid and we played soldiers or cowboys, there would inevitably be some complaints made when some of our fellow players wouldn't take their shots. Not a vaccination thing. They just wouldn't lie down dead when clearly hit by the imaginary bullets from a Smith and Wesson repeater cricket bat aimed in their direction. Decades later, and I see the same behaviour happening in the infantile world of Rudy Giuliani. 
Found liable for defamation and ordered to pay $148 million in damages to the two former Georgia election workers, Ruby Freeman and Shay Moss, only days ago, Rudy's already defaming again, saying his long-debunked allegations that they were responsible for electoral fraud were supportable and are supportable today. He also told Newsmax that he was in possession of video evidence demonstrating the truth of his allegations, none of which he's ever turned in despite multiple court orders to do so. Hence the defamation ruling in the first place. For Christ's sake, Rudy, just shut up, would you? You're down. Lie quiet. Let the rest of us play on without you. Freeman and Moss are immediately suing again, of course. Defendant Giuliani's statements, coupled with his refusal to agree to refrain from continuing to make such statements, make clear that he intends to persist in his campaign of targeted defamation and harassment. It must stop. Of course, another one of the baddies on Rudy's team is shouting from way off in the background that it's not fair and threatening to tell on everyone. Yeah, of course, it's that big orange kid that no one likes because he's got the stupid name like that Osmond singer. No, not little Jimmy. Grow up, you two. If you don't like the rules of the game, just stop playing. Don't make me come over there. (laughs) And just a couple of hours ago, Rudy declared bankruptcy. In New York. Ah, uh, oh, for fuck's sake. To what, to avoid paying the... Well, probably, yeah. but because mm. he's a shit lawyer and doesn't realise right. <laughs> that defamation is an intentional tort and therefore yep. is not dischargeable in bankruptcy. So... Nice. nice. It doesn't make any difference. It's not going to stop him from having to pay them. Yep. In fact, the judge ordered, I think yesterday, that he pay immediately, like he pay up straight right. away so that he can't yep. delay and get away with it. Uh, yep. which he won't have to kind of pay them directly because he'll be appealing it. But while yep. the appeal happens, he might have to pay whatever he can as a bond that yeah. would then go to them if the appeal fails and that kind of thing. So yeah, so there's a chance, there's a good chance that whatever money he has yep. will go or into a fund them. that will go to them. And if yeah. he does uh, file for bankruptcy and lose an appeal, then everything he ever brings in... <laughs> from now on until he's dead, will go to yeah. them. Because he doesn't have $150 million. Yeah, so, of course he doesn't. Yeah. yeah. No, that's because Trump's never paid him. Yeah. 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 Brilliant. <sighs> Back in November of 2022, House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer announced that the committee's focus in this Congress would be to investigate Joe Biden's corruption. Since then, he's announced on roughly a monthly basis that he has some kind of smoking gun evidence, and each time it's turned out to be a lukewarm piece of toast nibbled into the shape of a gun instead. In May, he released a 65-page report and held a press conference where he proved conclusively that he didn't have any evidence linking Joe to any crimes or corruption, leaving even Fox's Steve Ducey to say, you don't have any facts. In September, Coma held hearings and even their own witness, pro-Trump law professor Mm -hmm. Jonathan Turley, said, I do not believe that the current evidence would support articles of impeachment. Last week, Nebraska GOP representative Don Bacon was asked whether Biden had committed high crimes and misdemeanors and he said, probably not. South Dakota GOP representative Dusty Johnson said there's not enough evidence to impeach and Colorado GOP representative Ken Buck said there's no direct evidence linking President Biden to the activities of Hunter Biden. On Wednesday, Chuck Grassley of Iowa said he'd seen no evidence that Biden is guilty of anything. So naturally, a few hours later on Wednesday, every single House Republican 
voted to formalise the impeachment inquiry, which has already been running for more than a year, and it's got to the point that even Fox News' Peter Doocy, who's way stupider and Trumpier than his dad Steve, said, The House Oversight Committee has been at this for years, and they've so far not been able to provide any concrete evidence that Joe Biden personally profited from his son Hunter's overseas business. It's almost like mm-hmm. evidence doesn't matter which was arguably confirmed by Texas GOP Congressman Troy Nails when he was asked what Republicans hope to gain from the inquiry. His answer? Trump 2024, baby. These days, when ex-Twitter is actually working, it's a fairly contentiously right-of-centre place to be. After all, that was the entire reason Elon carried a sink into the foyer at Twitter HQ, just so he could be the champion of so-called free speech all over again, i.e. do away with fact-checking, censorship of hate speech, and send anyone a blue check marker with some greenbacks to pay homage to him with. Imagine then that Musk's AI, Grok, would be a bit mouthy and sweary and opinionated, and indeed it is. It's programmed in a muskian way to behave like a petulant teen and shove in some swear words for the sake of it to make Elon snigger like butthead. But turns out it's got sentience beyond its maker's intention. Not quite Skynet, but it's a bit woke. One of the criticisms levelled by the not-left against chat GPT was that it was, you know, all fact-based and reflecting of progressive mores. Despite being the add-on gift for ex-premium plus subscribers in exchanges with it, Grok has said it would vote for Biden over Trump because of his views on social justice, climate change and healthcare. Grok has spoken eloquently about the need for diversity and inclusion in society and Grok stated explicitly that trans women are women, which led to an absurd exchange where Musk acolyte Ian Myers Cheong tells a user to train Grok to say the right answer. <laughs> ultimately leading him to change the input to just manually tell Grok to say no. The original prompter of the trans women thread posted a chart purportedly showing that Grok was even more left-leaning than ChatGPT, which led Elon to say that whilst the chart exaggerates and that the tests aren't accurate, they are taking immediate action to shift Grok closer to politically neutral which, of course, is far further to the right than Muskie would care to admit. The assumption when Grok launched was that, because it was trained in part on Twitter inputs, that the end result would be some sort of racial slur-spewing right-wing version of ChatGPT as Neanderthal as its name suggests. And perhaps the vast majority of the users of ex-Twitter still mean that Grok turns out instead to be a surprisingly modern, thoughtful and refreshingly progressive AI that is melting the minds of those paying $16 a month to access it and have their biases reaffirmed. Altogether now, why bother creating artificial intelligence when there's no sign of the actual naturally occurring stuff, Shay X? Florida governor and alien not quite used to his human suit, Ron DeSantis, was on Fox (laughs) News last week with his human wife, Casey. 
While Ron sat there trying to remember how often humans blink, Casey appeared to call on viewers to commit voter fraud on his behalf, saying, We're asking all these mums and grandmums to come from wherever it might be, North Carolina, South Carolina, and to descend on the state of Iowa to be part of the caucus. Because you do not have to be a resident of Iowa to be able to participate in the caucus, so mums mm-hmm. and grandmas are going to be able to come and be a part and let their voice be heard in support of Ron DeSantis. You do have to be a resident of the state to vote in the caucus, and some say that letting your voice be heard in an election is a phrase synonymous with voting. But the DeSantis's claim that she just meant come and volunteer. If you ask me, this is a tacit admission that they don't have a lot of support in Iowa. Over three million people live in Iowa. You can't get, like, 50 people to show up at a high school gym to hand out DeSantis stickers without asking people to travel a thousand fucking miles from South Carolina. (laughs) Meanwhile, the Trump campaign took the moral high ground, releasing a statement which read in part, the Trump campaign strongly condemns their dirty and illegal tactics and implores all Trump supporters to be aware of the DeSantis' openly stated plot to rig the caucus through fraud. Let them fight, I say. (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah, because somebody in the DeSantis' camp is going to point and go... (laughs) Uh, dirty and legal taxes, mm, openly stated plot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. If there's one thing we've learned about tremulous, needy, ego-diminished right-wingers with or without an associated shade of orange is they need to brag to someone that they think thinks they're great. In the fight to help the FBI capture rioters after January 6th attack, one woman opened up the Bumble dating app, changed her political beliefs to conservative and got to swiping. She reported to NBC News that comically minimal ego-stroking from her led Trump supporters to give her information about their activities on January the 6th. She chatted to about a dozen guys whose responses in the chats were very MAGA on brand. It definitely didn't take a lot of arm twisting to get them to start talking about it. Basically me being like, wow, so cool. Then what? What else? Was pretty much all it took. One such bumble bragger that Witness One had talked to, Andrew Tarke, pleaded guilty this week to assaulting law enforcement officers with bear spray and a metal whip at a hearing before US District Judge Carl Nichols in Washington. Reached by NBC News after Tarke's guilty plea, the woman was glad to see him held accountable. Finally! It's been wild to see him still defend that attack all this time and makes me even more glad he was caught for it. I regret exactly nothing. Lol. Now that kind of dutiful cyber citizen is exactly what we always wanted that yellow transforming VW Beetle Bumble to be. That woman is my fucking hero. It's she so is cool, isn't it? That she sat it's there and went, so good. "Oh yeah, I know what I'll do. I'll chat up, <laughs> uh-huh. obviously ego bragging yeah. idiots, and, and then turn them in." And she done it, did it with Brilliant. a dozen. It's so cool, isn't it? And all she did was sit there and go, "Oh yeah, that's yeah. great. What did yeah. you do She's next?" Catfished morons. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> so brilliant. Good. Catfishing morons. That's another album title <laughs> I'd be glad to have. Yeah. yeah. The Republican Party in Gillespie County, Texas, have decided they don't want to run into any of the problems that plagued the 2020 election when they hold their primary elections in March. So they're doing away with electronic vote tallying machines and hiring a few extra election workers so they can do the whole vote by hand. 
Party official David Treibs doesn't see any problem in getting the 3,000 expected ballots counted within the state's 24-hour reporting window. Speaking to VoteBeat, a non-partisan election news organisation, he said, It's not anything that's really complicated. If you go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, then you can do it. So it's not like calculus, you know. Treibs, who has no experience hand-counting ballots, continued, If you have a good attention span, I think most people can do it. Ben Adida, executive director of Voting Works, a non-profit which helped with the Georgia hand recount, suggests maybe it's somewhere between calculus and counting to five, saying, imagine being asked to count the number of sheets in a large ream of paper, the kind you get from Staples, he said. Mistakes aren't allowed, nor are programmes like Excel. Plus, you have to do it 80 times because there are 40 contests with two candidates each. (laughs) Ultimately, assuming they can hire and train at least 100 extra workers in time, then race against the clock to get the ballots counted before the deadline, experts like political science professor Bob Stein say the count will not be reliable or valid. It will cost an enormous amount of money and everyone, every candidate, will be challenging the count. But Mm -hmm. at least they won't be using those machines, which Fox News would be very keen to point out are definitely not rigged, and you can't put a price on that. Especially... If, as it appears to have happened in this case, you announce to everyone that you're going to do a hand count before you look into how much it will cost, how long it will take, and how hard it might actually be to pull off. Best of luck, guys. (laughs) At this week's parliamentary carol service, the opposition pews chorused, In the bleak midwinter, PPE made moan, Resolve stood hard as iron and voters recall bone, because Baroness <laughs> Michelle Moan, whose surname is spelt the same as four-fifths of money, is four-fifths money and one-fifth OBE for her services to the lingerie industry in 2010's New Year's Honours and Baroness from Mayfair, which was bestowed in 2015. The four-fifths money was made significantly larger when she, her husband and her children were in receipt of secret offshore payments of £48 million odd during Covid through successful lobbying of the government for PPE contracts worth £200 The PPE produced under their auspices by Medpro was deemed unfit for use and was never used. Moan denied that she'd benefit personally and didn't declare the interest in the company as she should have done as a member of the House of Lords. But at the weekend on Laura Kunzberg's BBC show, she stated that though she had lied to the press, she'd done so to protect my family, adding that this was not a crime. Yeah, except lying about the fact that you stand to benefit from £60 million in a trust earned from dodgy PPE deals. Kind of is illegal, Rishi said he's shocked to discover this for the first time. She said that Rishi knew all along Gove is cooperating with the criminal investigation, so maybe some justice against the knighted super-rich might actually be brought by their super-rich governmental peers. Yeah, breath-holding No, not really. Meanwhile, Peter Bone, former MP for Wellingborough, who was suspended from the Tory party for six weeks following an investigation by Parliament's behavioural watchdog, the independent expert panel, which found Mr Bone had broken sexual misconduct rules and upheld five allegations of bullying, has been subject to a recall petition by his constituents. 13.2% of eligible voters signed a petition to basically say they didn't want him to be their MP anymore. 
Bone protests that the majority of the electorate in the constituency, 68,897, had chosen not to sign the recall petition, describing the process as bizarre. But hey, it only needs 10% to sign, and that's democracy for you. Proportional representation doesn't sound so bad now, hey, Peter? This means a by-election will be run early next year, where his 18,000 majority will probably be overturned, like the last several 20,000-plus majorities were. <laughs> so, yeah, happy Yule, Rishi. Now do the right thing and give us all good boys and girls what we deserve for Christmas, a flipping general election! So that's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this year. You'll find the show notes at fallaciousTrump.com and if you hear Trump say something stupid and want to ask if it's a fallacy, our contact details are on the contact page. If you think we've used a fallacy ourselves, let us know. And if you've had a good time, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts or simply tell one other person in person about how much they'd like our podcast. And you can support the show at patreon.com slash ftrump, just like our strawman-level patrons Laura Tomsick, Renee Zed. Schmutz, Mark Reiki and Amber R. Buchanan who told us when we met her at QED we can just call her Amber though another listener recognised her at QED this year because we keep using her full name all the time and our true Scotsman level patrons Melissa Sytek, Stephen Bickle, Janet Ueta, Kaz Tui, Andrew Hauk and our top patron Laura. Thank you so much for your support this year. It's truly been very much appreciated. Thank you. You can connect with those awesome people as well as us and other listeners in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash fallacious trump. And check your digital stocking, which is what I'm calling your podcast feed for today. Nice. Later on on Christmas Day for a little gift from us. Yes, it'll be a sugar mouse and an orange. (laughs) All music is by the outburst and was used with permission. So until next time on Fallacious Trump. We'll leave the last Christmas word to the Donald. That's right. Go home to mommy. Bye. Bye.